find somebody that you can talk to, whether it's uh, somebody you already know, your companion, your friends, your siblings, your children, somebody, because you discover so much about yourself by talking things out mm -hmm. and everybody knows something different. Welcome to the Dairy to Move podcast. I am your host, Colleen Wetmore. Each week, I will give you a guest or a thought that will help you become aligned with your soul and your life purpose. We will have conversations about raw and real topics with inspiring and motivational individuals. So let's get deep, and I dare you to move into who you were meant to be. the show. I hope everyone had a great week and a great weekend. Um, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Um, yes, my name's Colleen. I'm the host. Um, I kind of started this podcast because I was I was in and still kind of feel like I'm in some sort of stuckness. And just, I don't know. I don't really know really what the fuck's going on right now. I'm, I'm happy, but I'm also in a season of, I mean, it's cold now, so I literally just want to binge watch TV all the time. Like right now, I'm binge watching the third season of 13 Reasons Why. Really good show, but that's literally all I want to do right now is just watch TV. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've been hanging out with family. I helped um, my cousins decorate tree Saturday her tree Saturday night I went to my grandparents house for a little bit for Chinese so I haven't really been doing much oh oh actually I did Friday night I had a um Friendsgiving with the almost 30 podcast Connecticut group so there was like eight of us that went to one of the friends one of the girls house apartments gorgeous apartment holy crap so cool it's like an old um horseshoe horseshoe nail warehouse or whatever they used to call them that transformed apartments it's so cool the high ceilings I mean they decorate really really very interesting and I like fell in love with that apartment I loved her dog too if there's ever a dog around me I'm just I fall instantly fall in love that's the only thing that can ever make me fall love at first sight is which just with any dog but yeah I'm just in a season and I'm just going with the flow um, I haven't really been feeling like doing self-care stuff. Last week, obviously, was difficult with the anniversary of my cousin's deaths coming, came up on Sunday, the 17th. So I was kind of dealing with that. And I did a lot of crying around that. I kind of, I needed to because I kind of feel like I ignore it, which I did mention last week, so... But yes, this week's podcast is really good. It's with Christy Yielding. And for most of her life, she struggled with anxiety and depression. And she dealt with a lot of abuse growing up. And she just was put into mental institutions by her mom. And she's still going through it. She's still going through it. And that's what I, you know, I don't need to have episodes where people are already doing what they're meant to do. And like, she's working to become a holistic health coach, and she's still working through her stuff, and that's okay. It's her journey, and I love talking to people th all throughout their, you know, their journeys in different stages. She's, she's definitely improving a lot, as you, like, you can tell from what she said, but this was a really good episode, and, you know, I hope it helps anyone who ever dealt with trauma growing up as a child. Um, I couldn't even imagine having abusive parents. So, yeah, I just very proud of her for everything that she's doing for herself and for her career. And I wish her all the best. So I hope you all enjoy this. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. It's good to be on. 
Yes, I'm so excited to have you. So you have a lot in your story and I would love for you to just start wherever you feel comfortable and I guess maybe you can tell us what you do or whatever you feel like talking about. <laughs> okay, it, it does feel like a long story because um, recently, um, once I found Sahara and she introduced me to IIN, basically is the most recent part where it starts that I decided maybe I wanna become a health coach and start using that to, to help other people. And then as I'm working on my program, um, I'm like at week 30 right now, or module 30, and there's only 40 modules. So I'm getting close to the end, and it starts um, asking you questions about how to define your niche and pick the people that you wanna work with and define your ideal client. And to do that, I had to do some inside work and some inside digging about, well, what, who do I wanna work with? And I started thinking, well, I want to work with women in particular as I feel more comfortable talking with them and the personal issues. And, and I'm, I've been through a lot in my life and I wanted to kind of pair that up with what I can do to relate to people. And so I chose anxiety and depression as the people that I want to work with. So women, mostly age 16 or older, just because I feel like that's, um, that's the group that I could help the most and that I could relate to the most. Obviously, I'll be open to working with anyone once I get started good but that's who I wanted to focus on because it's more relatable to me and mm -hmm. that's because it dates back all the way to my childhood where mm -hmm. um, I suffered abuse from my family my um, parents my grandma just abuse from all the people that I loved and trusted and were supposed to protect me and well into my teens and in my teens when my dad went to prison and my mom was a the sole breadwinner, single mom of five children, and I was the oldest, then she didn't know what to do with me. Becoming a teen, having all this trauma, didn't know how to deal with me, so she kept sending me to mental hospitals, and they were inpatient, so I had to go and stay away from my family. You know, I didn't take my belongings. I didn't have, didn't see my family very much. Family was a reward that you got to see your family and visit with them after a while, so I really missed my sisters, and um, had some dark times in there because in and out growing up, I would get so deep and dark and depressed that I would want to kill myself and I would have those suicidal thoughts. And the main things that helped me hang on was because I was a caretaker for my, my sisters. And so I would say, well, I have to be here for my sisters. And then at 16, you know, I, after Rocky road and everything, I even, my 16th birthday was actually in a mental hospital and I met my, the father of my children, who I thought was, you know, at the time rescuing me, saving me from, he just said, you know, you can live with me so we don't have to have a relationship. But of course it evolved into one eventually. And then a few years later we had our first kid and we had another kid a few years after that. But um, so I've had the two kids with him and it was a, an abusive, toxic relationship because I didn't know a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. But I, all the time, the childhood incidences, the childhood trauma, the teenage, the young adult, I've learned through all of that. And I know it's made me a stronger person. And after getting out of that toxic, toxic relationship, I wanted to focus on my kids, but then my kids were growing up and it was just me and my girls living at the house. Well, then mm -hmm. my oldest daughter got pregnant and moved to Dallas, which I live in Colorado. So that's a, a far away. I mean, mm -hmm. we're from Texas. So that's why she wanted to gravitate back to that area. And her boyfriend's family lived down there. So they were able to move in with them and have a good place to live. But she left. And then my boyfriend was like, well, I'll move in with you. We can split bills. It'll be cheaper because I had been dating him for a year or two, maybe. And then my younger daughter was like, I don't really like your boyfriend's daughter. So I'm going to move in with my dad. Mm. And it, it was just they didn't want to share a room. There was only two bedrooms. And it wasn't like they hated one another. Or they didn't anything like that. Just... Um, she just didn't want to live with me anymore. So I was devastated. That was everything that I'd always had. I'd always had either my sisters or then my children. Mm -hmm. And so I was lost and I still worked and I still had a full-time job because I had always, you know, always had a full-time job ever since I was 16, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I was broken. I was stressed and just the perfect storm of not being able to be close to my boyfriend, but not being able to, um, to deal with my kids being gone and my daughter being so far away, my other daughter not being happy with me. And I kind of broke and I had to quit my job. I couldn't get out of the bed. I was so in a deep, dark depression that thank goodness my boyfriend was here and he had already moved in with me because he did. He made me get out of the bed and eat and he cooked for me and took care of everything. And I had, um, I did a short term disability at work for a little while mm -hmm. and started getting counseling. And then once I, quit my job because I, I couldn't even keep up on a paperwork 
just to be able to get paid. And mm -hmm. so I, I did that and I worked for, I worked with a therapist for a year and a half or so. And I tried prescriptions and all those kind of things. And none of that really aligned. Well, the, the, the therapy did, but it's very expensive, but the prescriptions, the doctors just wanted to keep switching me to different prescriptions and they mm -hmm. didn't really care how it affected me. They didn't care that I didn't want to be a zombie or that it took three months and that it affected so many physical things and mental things. And it just didn't align with where I wanted to be. So once I found Sahara, because I got into podcast mm -hmm. listening because I was getting better and because I needed something, then mm -hmm. I got into the health coaching school and I'm so excited how natural and healthy ways can help you turn your entire life around. Cause I'm much happier. I wouldn't say I'm all the way healed, but I know mm -hmm. now that, that there's a dark place and I don't want to go back there and I want to help people come out of that dark place. Oh, that's so amazing. Oh, that's, that really is. Um, I'm so happy that you, you know, you like me found podcasts and they've completely changed your life. So I understand where you're coming from and that's amazing. I love Sahara's podcast. So that's the program that she talks about all of the time. Yes. Wow, beautiful. That's so exciting. I'm so happy that you're doing that and that it's like aligned with you. Um, okay, so I guess I want to go back because there was a lot there. So I guess yes. I'll start from the beginning again like you did. So can you speak about how it felt to um, like lose trust in the people closest to you or like how it felt for them? Because yeah, and how you felt about yourself at that time growing up. Um, the part that hits the most probably is right around the time that uh, for the, the couple of years, I would say like 12 to 15. When I lost my dad and my mom was putting me in the mental hospitals, that it really started to hit me because before that, I was the, the oldest child and I would take care of my siblings if, you know, if my parents needed me to babysit and I always went above and beyond because my parents were always busy with something mm -hmm. and losing my dad was traumatic. But on the same hand, it was like a breath of fresh air. Like he can't hurt me anymore because he's gone. But mm -hmm. then my mom didn't know how to handle things. And so looking back, it's more understandable, but at the time it was devastating. I felt like I didn't have any, any adults looking after me. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I would go, my grandma lived next door, so I was able to go to grandma's house sometimes, and my mom would say, I'm kicking you out, and you're going to grandma's house, And but grandma was done raising kids, and she didn't want to have it either. She would, she had so many rules, but um, it's tough feeling like you don't have any adults. I craved, yeah. I craved rules. I craved things that you didn't, you don't think that kids want. I, I would stay out late past a curfew just just because stay out all night just hoping that my mom would notice that I was gone and she mm -hmm. didn't care she didn't notice she was too busy wrapped up in her things and I felt like it completely completely felt like I didn't have a childhood like I was grown up from the time I felt like I was six or seven years old and that's that's difficult because you can't go back and get your childhood back no <sighs> Wow. Um, yeah, it just seems like your family had a lot of like anger, I guess, that they probably weren't dealing with and they just didn't know how to be good parents. I think so. And I took it out on you guys. They were both um, sick in their own ways and mm -hmm. they got together when they were really young. My mom was only 16 and I think my dad was 18 wow. and my dad came from an, you know, all his whole family had abuse in their family. And so that's what passed down to our family. And my mom had everything handed to her on a silver platter and then ended up with my dad. And so she, I don't know, the, the girls like the bad boys, I guess. And yeah, <laughs> she got hooked into that somehow. I, I can't, looking back now after my toxic relationship that lasted almost 20 years, I can see mm -hmm. what happens and, and that you can't always get out. Yeah. But it doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it easier for me as the child to deal with. Right. Well, you broke the cycle, so good for you. You didn't let that cycle of abuse and neglect continue, so that's good. And you stood up for yourself and left that toxic relationship of 20 years. That's a very long time. It is a long time. 
and I know that I did the best I could for my kids and they still, I, as I talk to them now, they're like, well, at least I remember you always there. You always mm -hmm. protect us because nobody was going to hurt my kids when they were little. Yeah. So did your, you said you had sisters? Mm -hmm. How many? I have four sisters. Four. Did they get the brunt of it too? Or was it you? Cause you were the oldest. Um, it was mostly me because I was the oldest, but throughout the cycle of the family, things didn't get better. They only got worse because my mom and dad both abused me. My dad abused my little sister once, my next to me youngest sister once. And then my mom in different ways abused my little, children, my little sisters and then also allowed some other men to abuse them. Mm. So you said you've been in institutions since you were how old? Um, I want to say I was 14 or 15 when my mom sent me to the first one. And she did it several times. One that I had to stay for a few months. Yeah. Yeah, I've visited those places. They're not very fun. <laughs> no, they're scary and you never know what you might see. And sometimes being in a place like that with other people that are like-minded and need as much help or more help than you. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily help you get better. No, you need more positive light yeah. when you're in a time like that, not seeing people in the negative light. Agreed. And it feels like your family is abandoning abandoning you when they just leave you there. So that's how you felt growing up, just abandoned and by externally by your family. Mm -hmm. Like I was just forgotten about and I didn't really matter and that I wasn't part of the family for a long time. Yeah. How did you feel internally about yourself? Not good at all. I, it was dark and scary and lonely and very depressing. And in some respects, the medicines that they had me on were kind of a relief in that I didn't have to be totally in touch with everything, but mm -hmm. that doesn't help you get better. So unfortunately you just waste all the time that you're on those medicines. Yeah, I know. Are you how long were you on medicines for? Mm, maybe three plus years. From a teenager? Yes, because I, I stopped taking them when I moved out at 16 and okay. had to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, like, like pres prescriptions like you felt like a zombie it wasn't aligned and uh, I agree with that like I know there are times where people do need prescription but I feel like just drugging people up and just worrying about their prescription intake is not going to help them they need to focus on inner problems and inner feelings in order to get better yes because I don't think I yes I think the man medicine can be a band-aid mm -hmm. Maybe some people do need it long-term. I don't know. I, I choose to not right. do that long-term because mm -hmm. I want to live a healthier lifestyle and that does not include the toxic yeah. things. But I had one of the most disturbing things when I went to my medical doctor and I was, I was, because my therapist recommended you go to the medical doctor, you go get some medicine because you're having such a hard time in your day-to-day -day life that this is maybe what you need for now. And when I went there and they were doing the intake and asking me the questions about why I was there, why I thought I needed medicine, they said, well, what are you looking for? And that was the most disturbing. Like if you just have a laundry list of medicines that you want to sign up for when you go to the doctor, I was, I was so disturbed and I was in such a bad place. I didn't even drive or anything for several weeks that my boyfriend actually took me to the doctor and was in the room with me. And as she left, I was like, can you believe what she just said? That was recently. Yes. That was um, a year, a little over a year ago. And she was like, well, what are you looking for? <laughs> Why would you ask somebody that? I have no idea. I'm still disturbed by it because I wonder if that's how the pill people get started. The pill seekers, because the doctors don't care. They just sign you up for whatever you want to pay for. That's not good. All right. Well, that needs to change. Yes. <sighs> wow. All right. So growing, I guess growing up, what, um, what did you do to help you cope, if anything, when you were younger? Um, and then obviously as an adult, what ways have you learned to cope with what happened to you? Um, when I was younger, 
I tried to get noticed and tried to get the parental nods by, you know, doing, being an A plus student. Mm -hmm. I was always reading. I was always taking care of my sisters. In the end, I don't feel like it got noticed anyway, but I still, I tried my best and I went to church and I did everything I could possibly think of that's in within the power of a child to do. Right, right. And, and I answered all the questions right at all the, the mental hospitals. I went to the therapy. I didn't really fight to take my medicines, all those things that I, that I did to cope, to try to just go along to get along. And then as an adult, I always just focused on my kids, especially when I was still in a relationship with their father, because it was an on again, off again. We never got married. He didn't want to be tied down. He was always cheating. He was always leaving us. He would just all over the board and just yelling at us, not taking good care of us. Financially is the only way that he always took care of us. He gets mm -hmm. mad props for that. So at least we never had, uh, you know, had never had to go without a roof over our head and food on our plate. So I do give him credit where it's due, but it, I didn't have very many coping mechanisms other than just to focus on my kids because that kept, kept me stable, kept me going. Whatever they needed came first. I didn't take care of myself at all. I gained weight. I you know, didn't, didn't do any self-care, didn't do anything, to, didn't buy clothes that would fit anything. I just always focused on my kids, but that's what helped me get through. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it seems like a lot of um, people who've been through trauma who have kids do use them as a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. But I think you're realizing now that it does work for the time being, but then you're like, oh shit, they moved out. I'm not happy about it. I got to do something now. So what would you say has helped you maybe the last year and a half or obviously the, I'm sure the courses that you're taking help too. And they're helping you learn a lot about the health and wellness space and how you can help take care of yourself more and internally. Yes. And I haven't done a whole lot of the things that I'm learning. So, cause I'm still in like learn mode, just absorbing mm -hmm. it all. And so I'm taking lots of notes and little bits here and there, because if I find I'm having a bad day, I try to decide, well, what am I willing to do? Because ever since I started seeing my therapist, which I've since stopped for money reasons, but ever since I started seeing my therapist, I decided to take baby steps. And you can kind of feel when you're having a bad day, like you don't want to talk to people because I'm, I, since I quit my job, I started driving for Uber and there are more than one time when I either couldn't handle the passenger or I just mm -hmm. couldn't handle talking to people. And so I'd do one little baby step, whatever it would be, whether it's work on my relationship with one of my daughters or whether it's take a night off just to go sleep or go focus on my schoolwork or just take some alone time for me because I recharge by alone time. And my boyfriend's the exact opposite. He wants to go out and play and go and do mm -hmm. and party and stuff. And I mean, like not to the bars, but just to go out and go mm -hmm. and stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't always recharge that way. So I have to be really mindful and really focus on the baby steps because I still know I have a long road ahead of me to get better. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you're like you're acknowledging what you need and you're listening to yourself more. Yes which I'm sure you probably did not do growing up or as a mother. Absolutely. So and it's still not easy. It's getting easier, no, it's but it's not easy. No. <laughs> so I still have days where it would be easier just to stay in the bed and not get up. But I've got my motivating factors, my desire to be healthy, and mm -hmm. my boyfriend by my side who's been there the whole time. So he gets mad props for just always being there, always being consistent. Cause he does not, he cannot relate. He doesn't know what it's like to have the trauma that I've gone through. Okay. Can we talk about that relationship a little? I know you're with him now, so we don't have to get obviously into too much either, but I want to hear kind of, I guess what it feels like to being in a healthy one versus the unhealthy one and like how you two met and just how much of like, he's probably like an angel to you. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear a little bit about that. And I know I have a lot of work to do more somewhere on, on Everybody does. <laughs> it However, it's the best relationship I've ever had because, um, let's see, we met online on okay. a single parent meet or something like that. One of those websites where everybody's a single parent. And mm -hmm. so 
Um, I only talked to a few people. He was the only one that I met. I think he went on just a couple of dates from people that he met on there and it was not good experiences, but we met, we met, you know, we, um, he was living almost an hour away from me, but we drove kind of met in the middle and, um, had dinner and this kind of stuff and talked all night the very first time. And, um, I had just started focusing on me was the only reason I was able to put myself out there because I had gone to metabolic research and put some time and effort into myself and to get in healthier, eating healthier and having a coach tell me, you know, this is what you eat. This is what you don't eat. And I lost mm -hmm. like 40 pounds. And so I was feeling better about myself and um, feeling better about how I was taking care of my kids and my kids were growing up and driving and going and doing. And my oldest daughter was, graduating at 16 and so I had a lot going on but my kids were self-sufficient as, as as much as they could be and um so I most of the time would drive to see him because mm -hmm. my schedule allowed that I only worked three days a week at the time so it wasn't even I mean there were long shifts I worked three 12-hour shifts but I had so much extra free time that I could drive down to go to his place and spend the night and then come back and I always my kids were old enough I checked in with them and they were super happy about it and um it just, it blossomed. I thought I fell in love really soon and really fast. We went on vacations together and he has one daughter and she's 11 now. She was eight when we met. So she's almost 12 now. And after about a year and a half, he had some, cause he was just fresh out of a divorce when we met. So my ex had moved out for the last time and he just barely was getting divorced and devastated. And so we were trying to take everything really slow, but even though he was kind of having, and he was married for 20, a little over 20 years, and they only had the one child, even though he was trying to take it really slow and um, being very consistent, he was always the rock. And he always, he probably always will be. I tell him all the time, how are you so nice? And how are you always so consistent and patient with me? Because hmm, I, it's been a roller coaster for me mm -hmm. ever since we met with my kids and my job and my quitting my job and just all of these things. He also drives for Uber. He started right before I did. And that's been one of the best things because we can have the same schedule mm -hmm. can to go into work. We yeah. can take off and take vacations off when we want to, but um, he motivates me in a way that nobody else can because it's a healthy, gentle, supportive way you know, the get out of bed. He didn't like, no, drag me by my hair or anything. He would say, come on, I made you something to eat. Time to get up. Excuse me. And come on, we're going for a walk today. Come on, we're going to go bicycle today. Come on, we're going to do this today. And we grocery shop together and he's a great cook. So he's always feeding me and <laughs> he's just the nicest person ever. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. You just brought tears to me. <laughs> it's just so nice. Huh? Now, if I could just be a little nicer to him, because I still have my moments. Yeah, I mean, I would just say, I'm sure you're doing fine, but you've been through a lot, and you're learning, and just, I guess, be more aware of when you have bad moments. I mean, we all have bad moments. We're not perfect. We're humans. <laughs> We've all been through shit. We're humans. I mean, I get crabby, too, with my boyfriend. <laughs> I'm like, I need a long time, go away or something. But, but yeah, that just melts my heart. I love hearing stories of just people who've been in unhealthy relationships that are now in just an amazing relationship. That's just so amazing. And I think that gives hope to people out there who have been in a lot of unhealthy relationships and are like, oh my God, am I ever going to find someone that will love me for me and be there for me and support me? So that's so nice. True. There, there are still people that can care and be caring after who knows how many years of either being married or being dumped on by another person and they can still trust and love. And he's a lot more open than I am about being, being able to trust and love. And I'm working on that. He's holding my hand and helping me step by step and baby steps. And as long as I learn to talk, that's better. And I'm learning that through my health coaching stuff, you know, about talking and mm -hmm. getting close to people and not being too scared because it's a fear when nobody's ever been close and talked to you and, and had an intimate type of connection before. It's scary to do that, especially when you're almost 40. Yeah. So how do you, um, I guess, like talk yourself through that and get yourself through that, the fear, because you obviously still have the fear. 
So how do you talk yourself through that, get yourself through that so that you don't revert back to the past or just hiding in your bed forever and never getting out? <laughs> I, I still have to break it down for myself because I don't, I, since I kind of cut myself off of everybody that I'd worked with and all my friends, I, I kind of lost touch because I wasn't such a dark place for such a long time that my boyfriend's been the only stable person that I, mm -hmm. I go, okay, look, he's going to be there. He's still going to love me. Um, I have to break it down. If something like, if I really need to talk about something or if I really need to do something to heal, cause I've been trying to work on little baby steps going, what can I do to heal myself? And am I ready for this? And one, um, one in particular was my daughter, the one that had a baby and moved to Dallas. Cause he's like, kill him with kindness be nice to them and go visit them and make time for them. And she just told me that she's pregnant with baby number two. And he's like, just be nice, go visit. And even though her and I sometimes will bicker and fight, he's like, mm -hmm. just be the bigger person. And so he's constantly in my ear with those positive reinforcements. And I remind myself if I need to talk to him about something or because I do need to talk, talk to him about just any, even little things mm -hmm. that I can break it down into something small. I don't always talk right when I'm right when it's time. Sometimes I wait a week or two and mull it over on my own and break it down into kind of like bite-sized portions. Mm -hmm. But as long as I get around to it eventually, and he knows sometimes, you know, he's like, okay, let's talk or we need to talk about something. Mm -hmm. They kind of pick those cues up after a while. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like he's amazing, amazing support for you. And it also, I feel like the universe brought you, brought him to you for a reason to help you through everything. Because you said you met him before or after your, all your, how many daughters do you have? Two daughters. And Two daughters. it was, they were both still living with me, but they moved out within a year or two after that. So yeah, it was it was, it was, he was my rock to have whenever I was going through a lot. Cause I would have been crushed if it was just me by myself. I, I don't know. And I don't want to know what, what I would have done and how I would have handled things because it was before I had my break and all of these kind of things mm -hmm. that we already had our established relationship, him and I. Yeah. I think the universe sent him to you. I needed somebody for sure. And he's perfect. Oh, that's so amazing. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> this happens a lot. All right. So do you, um, so you say you do baby steps. So is that just like going out and walking or do you, have you tried meditating or anything else like that to help? Yes. And that's mostly because all the tips and tricks that I find through learning at IIN because mm. they the different lectures can really make a big impact. And because I'm still learning and because I'm kind of like dipping my toe in for so many different things, I'll do for a short time. I did the morning pages for, I don't know, a month or two. I try to make it 30 days, but if it's not that long, it's not that long. I did meditation, I think, for like three weeks where I would just meditate for five to ten minutes every single morning before I got going. That one was probably the most impactful. Mm -hmm. and. I, I just ordered a day planner because I just find if I put everything in my phone, I'll forget the notifications or start ignoring the notifications. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start writing it down again, especially to be able to schedule things and get my schoolwork and schedule everything scheduled because I need to define my morning and night routines again, because I found whenever I was doing that, if it was walk five minutes a day or mm -hmm. whatever I challenged myself to do stretch for five minutes or write in the journal for five minutes it, it made a huge impact. So I find that I lose my time and I get distracted with everything else if I don't make a plan. And so mm -hmm. I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm glad that I'm learning these things, but I need mm -hmm. to put some more of those into action and that's coming in the near future. Yeah. I think that's really good. Um, I know I, I still struggle with that because I know when I first started listening to podcasts, I started listening to them in November and I just learned all this new health and wellness. I'm like, oh my God, I got to meditate. And it just, it stressed me out actually. So now I've gotten better to listening to myself now. So I'll drive home from work and I'll be like, okay, what do I need tonight? I was like, I got to make dinner, but I'm like, do I want, I'm like, do I need yoga? Do I need to just watch a TV show? Do I need to read? Do I need to meditate. Like you kind of, I think once you start knowing your intuition better, I think you start listening to yourself more 
but definitely I was doing what you did planning a lot because if I'm like, if I don't plan it, it's not going to happen. And I'm just going to numb to the damn TV from 5 PM till 10 PM. And that wasn't helping me because I was a very angry person last year when I was just doing that. So (laughs) I totally agree with all of that because you do, you waste time or you get caught Mm -hmm. up in anything if you don't plan it out. And I thought, Hmm, I've, I've had contradictory feelings about that because it was very freeing to go from a job where somebody told me when to, when to get there and when to leave and when to take my lunch and when to take my breaks mm-hmm. to I get to make my own schedule. And that was freeing at first. And there's like a detox that you go through for a while to go, wait a minute, I'm my own boss. I get to make my own schedule to, well, I can do what I want anytime I want. Well, yes and no, because it doesn't lead, you're not leading a healthy lifestyle if you're not, um, doing the things that you want and the day gets away away from you faster than you can realize if you don't Mm -hmm. make time to, and my, my go-to is probably going to be to write it down. I always, even if I don't look at it again, if I write it down and plan it out, I'm more likely to get it done. So, and everybody's got their way to remember what they want to do and plan out what they want to do. But I think the morning routine is probably a really key thing. So I don't like waking up and early and planning anything and doing anything. No. <laughs> However, if I, had, if I had my morning on autopilot, which is, I think Dr. Oz says that too. Like he's like, if you can autopilot your whole entire morning and you don't really have to use your brain until lunchtime, then you're going to get those things done. Your meditation, your exercise, right. your, the things that you need to do every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember even like watching TV in the morning before work too. Ugh, it was mm-hmm. bad. And now this in the mornings, I make my lemon, turmeric, and cinnamon tea, uh, water, hot water, and then I write in my gratitude journal. And it definitely helps. <laughs> so just doing any self-help inner work, regardless of when you do it, how many times you, a week you do it, it helps. Yes, even if it just takes five minutes. Because even just the five minutes in the morning that you do first thing get it over with and out of the way. It's taking care of yourself first, kind of putting yourself first. Yeah. That's why I feel like it's a little more important, the morning stuff than the evening stuff. However, mm-hmm. if the evening is your only time that you have for yourself, right. that's, that's beneficial as well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it can get stressful, but I think at first you get stressed because you're like, I have to do all these things, but then eventually you just, you realize what works for you and you know, like I don't get mad at myself anymore for wanting to watch TV. I mean, I don't, I know I incorporate self care now, but like for sometimes on Friday nights, I'm like, I'm just going to binge watch all my stuff and that's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to be happy. And then Saturday morning I'll do more self care stuff, but it's like, you can't get mad at yourself, I guess, for not doing it every day or you just got to do what feels right. And I, I agree with you can't do it all because I mean, no, I'm not going to spend three hours every morning doing all my mm-hmm. everything I want to get done because that's not really realistic. You're right. You need to find what you need and mm-hmm. cater to that and make it into a, a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. I give you entrepreneurs props though, because if I didn't have to be at work at eight o'clock, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Like, I don't know if I would actually do my job or I would just sit and screw around all day with things and not actually get my work done. (laughs) But you said your, your boyfriend, your boyfriend does the same work you, so Ubers too. So he kind of motivates you to be like, Hey, we got to go to work, darling. Let's go. (laughs) Pretty much. Sometimes I'll be like, Oh, I need to get a few more rides or I need a few more dollars. And so I'll go to work if he's sleeping or busy or whatever, but because mm. he's got some different obligations and he still has a, a child, but I don't have any children that I have to look after. So I need yeah. to worry about what I need and my bills that I have to pay. And sometimes that motivates me enough to get out there and go, oh, I need a few more dollars this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you take me back to, I guess how you were fit? Cause you said you had a breakdown and then you How long after did you come across podcasts after that? Well, I was listening to podcasts a little before that. I Mm want to say, because I didn't start listening to podcasts until after I met my boyfriend. So 
six months or a year max that I'd been listening to podcasts, but I just did them for enjoyment, not mm-hmm. learning or discovering or anything. I, I like true crime. I like entertaining stuff. And so that doesn't help you, especially the true crime ones. Like I like listening to those people, but there's no way that a depressed person needs to be listening I've to true never crime. listened to those. I only listen to like the self-help ones, but I, yeah, I've never listened to those. It's not for everybody. It's for, I mean, cause I, I remember binge watching all the, the ID discover invest, investigation discovery and the women that kill their husbands, all these, these kind of things on TV that I always thought was fascinating. And I, I don't know. I don't know what part of it's fascinating for me, but it was, it's entertaining stories and I like the true stuff versus the fiction stuff better. And so I gravitated to that, but when you're healthy, it's not hurting you at all. It's just, you know, like-minded people discussing things that are like, Oh, I hope they catch the guy or whatever. But then after, after I started, after I was in my dark place, I think is whenever I started listening to the the self-help ones. And I don't even know how I found Sahara. I think it was just like a top rated one on there. The universe was telling you the universe sent it to you. I swear. (laughs) I can't even remember. And I like, once I found her, I was like, wow, this is what I needed to hear. Cause even though not every episode applies to me and there's Mm -hmm. little bits and pieces, I bought both of her books that she had when they were kind of newish and I haven't even read the recipe book because we, we do so many just like plain vegetables and meat, but mm-hmm. um, I still have it if I want to mix it yeah. up or if I want to give some of the recipes um, to other people, like if I want to make a dish for something. Mm-hmm. I did read the Ayurvedic whatever Isn't for that crazy though? Yes, how and that one I go to once in a while. Yes, it's crazy how Ayurveda is just all interconnected with your whole physical, emotional, mental soul body (laughs) yes so what so like what like awakened you to be like oh I want to do this health program because something had to have clicked in your head like how long after when you found the my um highest self podcast how long after that did something like awaken and it was like this is what I want to do I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a year or so because I know she had talked about going to the IIN school and all the other things that she talked about, but I listened to it for a long time before I even thought of it as an option that I wanted to do. The timing lined up. It happened to be Black Friday. They were doing a big sale and I didn't really have a lot of money, but I was like, sometimes you need to make the sacrifice. And I was like, I could work a little bit extra. And so I just signed up because I thought that's what I really need to do for me because I was looking for a way to get better and to get healthier and to have more tools at my disposal because the podcast only can take you so far. You still need your individual needs met. And I was searching for that at the time. And it is kind of crazy how sometimes when you just start to go, hey, maybe that's what I want to do across it at the right time. Yeah. The universe has your back and it yes. led you in the right direction. And I love that it's all aligning for you. Um, so what do you like most about like the course that you're learning and what do you want to do with it when you're finished? Um, I like that the focus on food is very minimal. I mean, they talk about diet theories and they talk about um, carbs and fats and proteins and break it down into all those things, but that's just a small portion of it. A larger portion is like real life people doing their lectures and talking about how they overcame whatever it was in their life, their major disease or their depression or something like this and how one particular thing, maybe help them macrobiotics or the Adkins diet or something like this. And all the people that work out there in the health industry that came to health coaching because they, they wanted to help people, but weren't able to do so with the limited tools available in the medical field, whether it be therapists for anorexics or a nurse that wants to really help people. But all you can do is, you know, change the bedpans and give them shots. And that's very limited. Whereas Mm -hmm. IIN so much more information about how to heal without even having, you don't have a doctorate or Mm -hmm. any kind of license or anything. You're just a coach. You basically listen. And 
it's hard to go, wait a minute, all you have to do is listen to people. But that's basically if there was one thing, one way to sum it up, it would be yeah, to how to listen to people and help them from there because there's so many tools that I never even knew existed. I, I take so many notes that I know I'm going to refer to for so mm -hmm. many people. And I hope to do one-on-one -on -one coaching via like phone or video so that I'm not limited to my local area. But I hope to do one-on-one -on -one coaching when I get, I can start now. I just feel like I want to finish my course because it might be too stressful to do a bunch of clients before I finish my course. But mm -hmm. that's, I'll start promoting it more after I finish my course in like 10 weeks. Now it's almost done. Nice. Yeah, I feel like with what you went through, the universe is going to send the right people to you because that you're, you're doing this and you're doing it for a good reason. You want to help people that went through the shit or similar shit that you're going through and the universe will send you the right people and you will do great. I hope so. It's terrifying, but exciting all at the same time. Oh yeah, I think any new adventure is terrifying. <laughs> but in a good way, because it's it like, well, I'm going to meet new people and talk to people and they're going to share deep, dark secrets and I'm going to have to share bits and pieces of my story to help them understand how I can relate mm -hmm. to that. And it's not all going to be happiness and rainbows. And I get that I may cry and they may cry. And so I need to be a little bit stronger and focus on taking care of me. But I think because of the course and because of the work that I'm leaning toward, I don't think I'll be able to forget to take care of me, even if it's the baby steps and tiny little bit at a time. I think you're going to do great. <laughs> Thank you. So um, as we close, is there anything else you want to talk about, brush up on, anything that you want to say to anybody that you didn't say already? Um there's help available out there for everyone. It doesn't matter how small or how big your problem is. There's somebody out there that can help. And health coaches are, I don't know how long health coaches have been around, but I think everybody could benefit from seeing a health coach, even if it's just an initial consultation, even if you have to go through three or four of them to find your perfect fit. I think they, hmm. I think it will blossom and I think a lot more people will be hip to the idea of using a health coach versus just going to medicine because I think we should be able to heal ourselves through food right. and talking and we've got a long way to go, but mm -hmm. we, there is help out there and we need to start putting ourselves first. We do. We do. Yeah. I think that's important. I think, um, I like health coaching because it's more, um, eastern eastern world it's not more drugs and western world and the pharma biz phar pharmaceutical business i'm trying to say farm pharma business <laughs> i don't know pharmaceutical business so i think that i mean i've even talked to people who are therapists who are like and life coaches who are who are like yeah i've had life coaches and i still go to therapy so <laughs> i think it's a great companion to to, to have a therapist and a health coach yes. because it's a different mix because therapists are trained in certain things and they mm -hmm. know psychology I don't know if psych the psychology bit I know the personal experience of the self-help bits and the pieces of the puzzle that I can add to that mm -hmm. and can take the time to listen yeah and I think people who have gone through the experience probably I think can help more because they understand more they understand the feeling of being alone, feeling abandoned, not wanted, not not being enough. They understand what it's like not loving themselves, not even also not even wanting to be alive anymore. So it's I think, yeah, I think the experience is probably even worth more than a degree. And I think that's with any job now. I mean, society tells us we have to go to school and we have to do what society tells us to do and get a full time job and I don't think it's always the case, but <laughs> not and saying school is bad, but <laughs> I hope people do reach out more to the therapists and the health coaches and the yeah. other natural healers, because I do remember in particular when I was overweight and having a lot of other troubles too, and had young kids and especially girls, because I, you don't want to be super overweight. You want to be able to teach your girls the right way to live healthy and eat right and exercise. And my doctor was very thin and she was a woman. And I said, well, what can I do to eat better, or lose weight? And she says, well, just eat 
fruits and vegetables. And that was her, her, the extent of her advice. And it's so much more than that, that mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I, I, I know doctors only get a short limited amount of nutrition information, but they're not there to listen. Mm -hmm. They don't have time for that. They're trained and yes, they're great when you need them for your yep. broken arm or whatever. So I do recommend people go find somebody that's natural and healing and has time to listen. Yeah. So I always ask people this question. Um, what would you tell someone who feels stuck with their life? Talk it out. Find somebody that you can talk to, whether it's uh, somebody you already know, your companion, your friends, your siblings, your children, somebody, because you discover so much about yourself by talking things out. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows something different. I guarantee you could talk to somebody, a stranger for five minutes and probably learn something. Mm -hmm. And I find that talking to Uber passengers every single day. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so where can people follow you and connect with you? Um, I have a website. It's www.coachchristy.com. Um, I'm not sure how easy it is to click on because I haven't done a whole lot of work on it yet, but it, it's there. And um, my business name is Holistically Hug. And um, my email is coachchristy at holisticallyhug.com. Mm -hmm. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well under both my business name and my regular name, Christy Yielding. Okay, great. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Amazing. You're a beautiful soul and I can't wait to share you with everyone. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for tuning in and listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love this podcast, please share it with someone you think needs to hear it, who would love to hear it. That's how this is going to get spread. That's how love is going to get spread. That's my goal for this podcast is just spread as much love and self-reflection. And, you know, we're all on this journey together. So the more people that you can tell, the more people you share this podcast with, the more it gets out. Um, if you could also rate and review on any podcast platform that you listen to, I would f truly, truly appreciate it. I love you all so much. I'll see you next week.